0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Headspace. I'm so glad you're watching this episode. You do not want to miss this episode. I promise you this. This is my interview with Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor. Before I read her bio, because I don't want to miss anything, I want to ask you please subscribe. Please forward this to other people. Uh, Please give us comments if you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify. Spotify doesn't do comments. But anyway, uh, help us spread the word. The more people subscribe and are watching this on YouTube or listening to this uh, via audio, the better guests we attract because we can see, hey, there's an audience willing to listen to you. It helps us tremendously if you help us spread the word. So thank you in advance. I'm going to read Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor's A quick mini bio because it's important that you understand the um, brilliance of this person, how amazing she is, the impact she's had in the world. So here you go. Okay, Dr. Jill Balty-Taylor is a Harvard-trained and published neuroscientist. In 1996, she experienced a severe hemorrhage in the left hemisphere of the brain, causing her to lose the ability to walk, talk, read, write, or recall any of her life. Her memoir, My Stroke of Insight, spent 63 weeks on the New York Times nonfiction bestseller list. In 2008, Dr. Jill gave the first TED Talk ever that went viral on the Internet, which now has well over 27 million views. Also in 2008, Dr. Jill was chosen as one of the Time magazine's 100 most influential people in the world and was the premier guest of Oprah Winfrey's solo series webcast. Her new book, Whole Brain Living, which we discuss at length, uh, The Anatomy of Choice and the Four Characters that Drive Our Life, is a number one release on Amazon in categories ranging from neuroscience, nervous system diseases, and stroke. Uh, It's a remarkable uh, book and remarkable insights, I promise you this. So before we get to the interview, the shameless plug. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Exponential Life. This is a coaching program that I rolled out after 25 years of coaching high performers, uh, athletes, entrepreneurs, business people, artists, fashion designers, financiers. Uh, this is something that's very dear and close to my heart. Uh, I'm one of those people uh, have a a lot of compassion towards high performance because we have some strengths and we have some flat sides and the coaching program is designed to help people like that who have been successful but have sort of lost their spark, their inspiration, they need some more clarity, some joy, some happiness um, and ways to move forward and continue to have the impact in the world and the gift they are to the world. in a a very sort of expansive, well-rounded way. That's the plug, so Exponential.life. You can check it out if you're interested. And now, please enjoy an inspiring, insightful, witty, um, expressive interview with the brilliant Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor. Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: I'm happy to be with you. I'm looking forward to our conversation.
0: And me as well. And so I want to just get this out of the way, uh, and I hope you don't mind me expressing this, but I'm a huge fanboy of yours. (laughs) And uh, I was so thrilled uh, when you agreed to come on because um, 15 years ago, you did this, this show, A Strike of Insight. And uh, it it was a TED Talk, and I think it was the most watched TED Talk in history or something like that. And uh, I remember binging on it. I I think I watched it three or four or five times in a row or something like that within two or three days because it was just so profoundly not only moving, but it was enlightening. It was liberating. it It was almost like a religious experience because because of the transcendence of what you were saying right and uh i just remember thinking and i just listened to it watched again watched it again yesterday just preparing for this and and i i was thinking about about it a little bit more i was on a walk and listening to it in my in just an audio and i this is what i my this is sort of my strike of insight about why this was so profoundly moving is that here you are a a A scientist right um, obviously incredibly accomplished, educated, doing research, knowledgeable about this stuff, mm-hmm. and you are speaking to us like a poet mm-hmm. and to me, that was s- sort of the big thing i think that 's what that 's what made it just profoundly transformative right because you're you're actually doing in this conversation what you talk to us about. You were operating from 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 your whole brain, right? (laughs) So, um, for those of you who, uh, so for those of us in the audience who don't have no idea what I'm talking about, can you tell us a little bit about that talk? Uh, Because I think I'm not going to make it justice. Because you know, I'm just going to revert, you know, like reduce it to wows an and amazing and and enlightening. So can you give us a little bit more context about this and we can start uh, what sure. is going to be, I know an amazing conversation.
1: Thank you. um so i uh, I grew up to study the brain and became a neuroanatomist, uh, an anatomist of the brain and the nervous system because I have a brother who's eighteen months older than I am who, would eventually be diagnosed with the brain disorder, schizophrenia. And so as a child, he was my constant companion and er everywhere we went together, we went together and his perception of what had happened was often very different from what I perceived. And so I tuned in to, you know, he's the closest thing to me that exists in the universe and how is it we're, we're, interpreting our experiences differently, whether it was the inflection of voice in my mother when he, he may have perceived her as being angry and I perceived her as being scared um so i just tuned into uh you know what am i as a living being and and really i was fascinated with what is normal so i grew up to study the brain and i was teaching and performing research at harvard medical school and um uh my research was really about how does our brain create our perception of reality because i wanted to understand really what is normal and how, how how does the brain experience the external world and then we have a different interpretation or what are the choices in how we experience what the information is that's coming in. So that was my area of research. And then at the age of 37, I woke up one morning and I was experiencing a major hemorrhage in the left half of my brain. And this was a congenital malformation that I did not know was there. And it blew that morning and within the course course of four hours, I could not walk, talk, read, write, or recall any of my life. All the skill sets of that left hemisphere were gone, but I was still completely conscious. So I, it took eight years for me to use the skill sets of my right hemisphere and its knowledge base on how neurons work as a neuroanatomist in order to rebuild the circuits of that left brain so that I could regain all function.
0: So, uh, you had a stro- you had a stroke,
1: not a stroke,
0: and in in when you describe it, it was remarkable because you went from using your full brain to not being able to use part of your brain, right?
1: Yes.
0: And um, and to me, that's just really fascinating. I think that's what made it so profoundly insightful uh, your mm-hmm. your talk. So my question is this maybe maybe i'll talk to maybe we can unpack about uh, it a bit later when we talk about the four personalities the four parts of the brain that you you speak of in your in your latest book but can you this is just sheer curiosity how yeah. amazing it is that after having something like that so traumatic in your brain the brain can repair itself mm-hmm. How does that work exactly? Well,
1: if, if you stop and you think right here, right now, if we had a microscope looking at the neurons inside of your head, you would see that these little neurons, even though the bodies of the neurons are, are in a position, they are, they are reaching out and making new connections and having a synaptic life of neuroplasticity. The brain is is constantly rearranging which cells are communicating with which cells as we gain new information and new experience. So that's how we learn. And if the neurons didn't do that, then whatever we have would be what we had. And we wouldn't have the capacity to now link this idea with that idea in order to learn. So our capacity on an ongoing basis is that these neurons are experiencing a constant rearrangement so that we have this capacity to learn. But we have been taught as a society that that's not true. are in position the ones you're born with are the ones you're going to die with you're Mm -hmm. going to lose a lot along Mm -hmm. the way but that's the structure and that is true for the cell bodies but not for the dendrites and how they're intercommunicating with everybody so um and, and because of that we have this capacity to learn so so that's what's going on in a typical brain in a typical moment
0: right so so if i make can i ask you obviously i have i'm not a scientist i'm not an expert in this so i'm gonna might ask you some dumb questions right so
1: nothing's dumb ask me anything
0: so and because i'm trying to interpret this and apply it to to real life and real challenges in life so if if i if i had a uh let, let's say if i had a an experience of failure in the past right it could be academic failure relational failure uh business failure something like that and i had it in, enough times perhaps you know uh d- d- do my neurons form a, almost like a, a a riverbed that interprets this experience and tries to steer me away from um, from avoiding this painful um, experience or disappointment, and and basically says, "Look, you're doing it again. Don't do it." Um, is there like a riverbed there, like a circuitry in your in your in in your uh, terms that? Uh, now sort of directs the flow of things, including my emotions, my logic, how I interpret the world around me. Oh, it's more, is it more complex than that? I'm, I might be oversimplifying.
1: Simple, actually well, simpler than that. So consider you're nothing other than a collection of cells. That's Correct. all you are. You're yeah, yeah. neurons in position. And so any experience that we have, we have because we have brain cells that are performing that function. So I can wiggle my finger because I have a group of cells that does that action. Mm -hmm. I can create sound and you can place meaning on sound because we have specific brain cells that perform that function. Wipe out those cells and we are still conscious and uh, alive, but we don't have those skill sets. So Mm -hmm. if I have an experience, first of all, you said something very important in the past. If I had a bad experience in the past, well, in the past is not right here, right now. So the cells that are experiencing the right here, right now, those cells are not experiencing that trauma. That trauma is located in a group of cells that is routinizing over and over again from this past experience. So those cells then, they have created circuits and the cells communicate with other cells in circuits. And the more often we run a circuit, the stronger that circuit runs until it can actually run on its own. And that's how we gain habitual thinking. So you, can change,
0: so you can change the circuitry essentially, right? Well,
1: oh. you, you, can both, you can both help heal the circuitry from right. the past. Mm-hmm. But you also can can bypass that circuitry and bring your mind into the present moment because uh-huh. there's a lot of other circuitry going on, but if we think that everything is just flopping around in there and everything 's just happening to us and it 's running on automatic, then we don 't know what our choices are That's so right. if If I'm caught in my past, let's say my puppy dog died uh, last August and I'm, uh, you know, it broke my heart. And now everybody's saying, Jill, are you going to get a new dog? And it's like, oh, but my heart is broken. Well, that circuitry is still there. That trauma is still there for me. But I still have all this other circuitry of, yes, but I can bring my mind back into the present moment and I can say, but I want to love another. Right. I want to love another little four legged so so I can work with the pain from the past using the cells and circuitry that actually exists in the present moment. And we have the power. I mean, we're human brains. We have this amazing capacity to choose. Do I want to put my mind in the past? Do I want to put my mind in the future or do I want to bring my mind to the present moment? And that is a, a power that is is amazing
0: so so thank you for saying that and i think that really is a, it's a great segue into the the into sort of this concept of full brain living and just to sort of re uh, sort of recap and basically maybe gain the interest of the audience who's sort of trying to figure out what are we talking about here we're talking about a miracle we're talking about the human ability to reinterpret the present and 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 sort of Shift towards that the past does not shape your future and give us the ability to act differently and not act traumatic out of trauma, out of a place of trauma, out of a place of paralysis, out of a place of limitations that perhaps are not really there. And for those of us who rest struggle with, perhaps, you know, anxiety or fearfulness or things like that, and I think all of us do in one way or another, because... We have we share this mammal uh, brain uh, with the rest of with, with the rest of creation. Uh, th- what we're going to be talking about right now can change your life. Okay, can change your yep. life because it was it can help you. Um, it, it can help you gain the skill of reinterpreting reality in a way that's more construct- constructive, life giving, and, right. and 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 you can be an amazing gift to the world through doing that. Am I? Overstating it a little bit.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you did well, but I'm going to tweak it a little. Okay. First of all, you're already a miracle, regardless of which circuitry you're running. Yes. Our pain from the past is held in a group of cells that is specifically designed for us to learn from. Pain is energy. And whether I I, uh, whack my shin and I experience a physical pain or whether I have a trauma from the past and I have an emotional pain, pain is there in this group of cells to say we must look at the pain. We must look at the pain and heal the pain. And one of the ways that we can heal the pain, uh, because the pain stimulates us, moves us along this path of learning. And I can learn not to to walk that close to that wall again because I'm going to whack my shin again and I'm going to have more pain. Or let's say emotionally um, I've had a trauma in the past and now I have learned because of the experience that 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 those kinds of scenarios that are similar to whatever that trauma was brings me pain. Well, I can get caught in the pain, I can run that circuitry over and over as my habitual emotional experience of the world, or I can actually bring in other parts of my brain in order to look at that experience and help that part of my brain self-soothe. Because the pain is real. And the goal is not to ignore the pain or just step away from the pain, but to look at the pain through other parts of our consciousness, self-love ourselves. Okay, what was my part of it? What was not my part of it? This is a trauma that happened to me in the past. It's in the past. This pain is designed to protect me in the future from something that looks or feels like what that was, but it's designed to be healed and loved so that I can come back into the present moment and have a new experience having learned from that circuitry rather than being held paralyzed in that circuitry.
0: Of course, yes. And that, I, I'm, I'm so glad you, you made that correction is that the sort of the, the alarmist part of us uh, is there to protect us. Yes, you know, that the alarmist part of the brain is not crazy. It's, it's there oh. to protect us, bring it into our consciousness. Hey, we've done this before, and there may be some danger there. Like in, in my experience, for example, I, I share this story all the time that, you know, I had this really interesting thing. I was very, perhaps, you know, you would consider successful professionally, but not romantically. And the reason for that at some point of my life, it was in my t- early 20s, is because I'd experienced. Uh, and remembered very painfully, very vividly, the divorce of my parents. I was 14 years old. And and, and basically, in, this was completely subconscious. I was not trying to do this. But I remember uh, going anytime a romantic relationship would get to a place where it may be serious, I would just undermine it, right? <laughs> so in this particular scenario, the alarmist brain, uh, part of the brain was, hey, re- serving me up, Okay, you have to think about this, because there there might be some pain here. Uh, But my my rational, my sort of self-loving, logical part of the brain uh, was not kicking in, you know? And I think that's the value of what we're talking about here, is that if we know that we can, and we know how to do it, um, we can avoid uh, months, years, and decades of unnecessary um, sort of being stuck or unnecessary pain or not making progress or all of that stuff does that make sense yeah,
1: absolutely absolutely and and it's important that you know it, it's interesting that we it, it, we he, and we can heal our pain we can nurture that because what we're doing is we're healing ourselves we're nurturing ourselves yeah and if i was in a traumatic uh, experience as a child, as you mentioned to me, the trauma that you experienced, and that's a severe, I'm not safe in the world. You were not safe in the world. Precisely. And it was your reality and your alarm, alarm, alert, alert, fight or flight or flee or freeze and play dead. I mean, that had to be like strong for a long time because it you was
0: years years absolutely yeah
1: so this becomes your habitual training of your brain and you needed that at the time because it was real it was present and Mm -hmm. you you you, it saved your life that's what it was designed to do and now as you're years older you're in a new environment you've had time for for that circuitry the circuitry itself it's still there and Mm you Probably trigger that by certain smells or certain uh, languages may trigger you. Uh, sounds, smells, uh, pictures, uh, dreams. You know, absolutely. it's all still in there. So it's,
0: you know, can I comment on this because I want to illustrate it for for the audience? It, it's absolutely true. And um, well, the good news is that uh, I was lucky enough to be able to get mentorship and get a, sort of reframe this. And, um, and it all, well, all of that alarmist stuff went quiet, went away. Um, now if, if somebody says to, to me, hey, I'm going to get married now or even 5 or 10, 15 years ago because I've been married now very happily for 23 years, uh, my first reaction is marriage is awesome. It's not yeah. who does that. Right. You know, you shouldn't. Right. You should, like that. You, have you thought this through? It's just not. My first reaction is completely rewired. Uh, my circuitry yeah. is completely different. But I remember the first, like when you brought that up. I remember the first, probably five years after the switch happened, and I was the circuitry was new. But I remember how it could be awakened by a film where there's, um, uh, where there's infidelity in the film. It could be even a, it, it could be even a comedy, and I remember being able to that was awakened and I remember going you know to my wife yeah this is not funny for me you know Uh, you're absolutely right so it's dormant it's there it could be rewired permanently Uh, but then every once in a while especially if it's still fresh in your memory it can be awakened and I don't have that trigger anymore but I remember the first years it was very real although I was think my thinking was completely different but it would be awakened by certain things specifically
1: You say it's not there, but I'm going to guess that it is still there. And if you were extremely tired or your nutrition was poor, or yes, yes,
0: yes, I can, I can, I believe that. that
1: that you would be able to trigger that you would be closer to triggering that circuit than in your normal healthy way of being
0: yeah i think i mean if i would if i would be in the same setting of of the movie for example it probably wouldn't be but under a specific set of set of circumstances absolutely i think that might be true
1: yeah and i think it's really important that you recognize that it's not bad it's right. not bad that that triggers there because that trigger is designed to save your life i mean Correct. it's way the big flag of, hey, this is danger. This is pain. This is emotional pain. We don't want to do this again. And yes. that is in the circuits of your, your amygdala. Information is streaming in from your sensory systems. You're watching a movie and then that goes to your amygdala. And we have one in each hemisphere. And the hemisphere in the left, which says, all my pain from the past, you know, that joke. For them, it was a joke, but for you, that joke trumped right on that old trigger, and you said, this isn't funny to me
0: yeah yeah so now that we sort of illustrated this and I think in a very real way uh can you walk us through the four per, the four personalities uh that we contain in the brain what a, what a miracle that is even in the first place but it's it's just yeah. fascinating how you how you differentiate those things but in you, and not in a in a negative way but in a very positive loving way saying all of this is oh, us. It's all- and all of this is for us and all of this is at our service and all of this is a miracle. So can you walk us through the four, yeah. the four personalities that we have inside?
1: So as you think about the brain and the nervous system and the evolution of the nervous system, there's a level of, of spinal cord sophistication and then tissue gets added on top of that and then there's an integration between the brain stem tissue and the spinal cord tissue below. And then on top of that, adds new tissue which is eventually the emotional limbic tissue and so then the kinks get worked out between the limbic tissue emotional tissue and the brain stem and spinal cord tissue and that's the difference between a reptile and a mammal reptiles don't have limbic tissue the mammal has limbic tissue and then
0: so hold on How how does that work out in the reptile i'm actually really curious about it it might be geeking out a bit too much but what does that mean exactly? Is that perhaps what, why the reptiles don't have a, expressed don't, emotions? Or how does that work exactly? Because You can, know, can tell the difference between a reptile and a mammal.
1: Right. They're on-off switches. Okay. So we have the level of sophistication of the brain stem. And then okay. we're going to have the thalamus. Let me pull this out deep inside of here. You know, uh-huh. part of the thalamic tissue. And these are going to be on-off switches. OK, um, and, but most of that is going to be at the level of that brainstem. So in here are groups of cells that tell my diaphragmatic muscle to contract. And mm-hmm. so it contracts. And when it does, it sucks in air. Right. Got so it. I Got it. OK. To breathe. There are cells in there that say I'm hungry. And mm-hmm. so I eat, and it says, OK, that's satisfied. Now I'm going to turn that off. So this is my on off switches. Got and we it. humans, we still have that at a brainstem level. But then we have this this tissue added on top of it, part of the brain, and um it, but we add new tissue on top. And then that's the limbic or the emotional tissue. Yes. So we we end up then with two amygdala, uh, which is fight or flight, you know, mm-hmm. am I safe? Am mm-hmm. I safe from my past or my fear of the future? or in the right hemisphere am i safe right here right now yes. okay so now i have temporality differences between these two hemispheres mm-hmm. and so i have the amygdala and if the amygdala are on alarm alarm alert alert i'm not safe then i move into my fight flight flee kind of situation mm-hmm. right but if i am safe then right next to that are the groups of cells called the hippocampus in here, and then the hippocampus is for learning and memory. Right. But they're antagonistic. I have to feel safe in order to learn and memorize. So if mm-hmm. I go to school and I'm being bullied, bullied and I don't feel safe, <clears throat> excuse me, if I have a test that day, I can't access the information I've stuck in my brain through my hippocampal system because I'm in alarm.
0: Uh huh. Oh, wow. That's powerful stuff.
1: That's powerful. So... <laughs> so, then the difference between a typical mammal and a human is the addition of the cortical tissue on top. Uh-huh. So as we look at this, if the left hemisphere is a past and a future, then right. the emotions are going to be the emotional experience from my past and of my fear of the future. And my thinking brain is going to be, I uh, have a past. I can remember what shoes I put on and why I put them on today. And I can project to what am I doing this evening for dinner, right? Mm-hmm. Without yes. the I'm just having a thinking rational relationship between me and the external world. So these, and that in the right hemisphere, I also have emotion, but that's of the right here right now. What does it feel like to be in my body? What does it feel like to have glasses on my nose? What does it feel like? What's the temperature? Am I sweating? Did I turn my furnace up too high? So mm-hmm. the experience of the present moment, and then also the experience without judgment of we are one family. We are a collective whole because me the individual, I know that I begin and end where my skin hits the air because I have a group of cells in my left hemisphere that tells me that. But if I lose that group of cells, then I perceive myself as this massive conglomeration of beautiful cells and this big ball of energy.
0: So Don't you think don't you think this is and this is actually a question I've been meaning to ask. What you just said doesn't sound like a sp- like a scientist speaking it sounds like a spiritual person speaking or a poet Uh, right or or a mystic (laughs) how does that how does that how does that even mesh together with what you're saying you know
1: every ability we have every ability whether it's a mechanical movement or a language or an intellectual concept or a spiritual experience every ability we have is because we have brain cells that perform that function right So, so if I have a spiritual experience, that means somewhere in my brain, there are cells that are designed for me to have that experience. Wow. So, the spiritual experience, there can be all kinds of spirituality out there, or there cannot be all kinds of rage or hate or ugly out there. But if I don't hook into that with the group of cells in my brain that have that experience, then I'm not going to have that experience.
0: Yeah, so basically you're, you're, you are built to be able to have that experience in the first place, correct? You,
1: every ability, Yeah, every every ability you have is, is based in cells. Now, yes. is there a spiritual world beyond us? I don't have an opinion on that because correct. I'm not dead, right? We'll all learn that when we die. But yes. in the meantime, my ability to feel... And to know that, first of all, just to know that there's a group of cells in your left hemisphere, parietal region, all the sensory systems are bringing information in, and it's going to that parietal region, and it's building inside of your brain a holistic uh, uh, um, uh, image of, Mm -hmm. of where you are right? This is you. This is how I define me. Yes. And it's a hologram. And get wipe out those cells with a stroke or some kind of a brain trauma, and I still exist, and I'm still here, but I don't have the perception that I'm separate from everybody else because the hologram has disappeared.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah I get it. Okay, so I distracted you from... So let, let, can I propose a, a, a sort of a yeah. way to... to to help people understand this, because this is obviously fairly, you know, cerebral ha-ha thing, right? Um, (laughs) So so can you run us through the four dimensions of the brain? And then if we can move to, let's say, okay, here are the four things quickly. Obviously, there's so much depth to it that we won't, you know, we won't be able to unpack it, but just on a high level. And then, okay, here, here are the four things that you were given. It, this is miraculous. How can you, you, how can you practice whole brain living in very real situations, like two, three quick scenarios? Can we do that?
1: Sure. Okay. So, um, so we've already built the four characters. They're going to be the emotional tissue in the left hemisphere, the emotional tissue in the right hemisphere – It's going to be the thinking tissue in the left hemisphere and the thinking tissue in the right hemisphere. So these are four modules of cells that we all have from an evolutionary perspective. So character one is what I call that left thinking tissue. And Mm -hmm. the left thinking tissue is the rational, organized uh, uh, part of who I am that relates me to the external world.
0: Right, Right. so it's you and I talking and saying, "Hey, I probably have twenty minutes left or thirty minutes left. I need to be aware of that." Okay.
1: Yeah, and the sense of urgency, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's always behind. Okay. Right, it's always worried. So this is our our alpha type personality. It's our rational part of Mm -hmm. who we are. It has Mm -hmm. language. We're communicating with language. It has. It organizes. Its goal is to create me. as safe in the external world well i am not safe in the external world none of us are we're organic we could die in an instant right Mm -hmm. but we don't focus on that right so what we do is we use this portion of our brain to control people places and things around us so that Mm -hmm. we feel safe in our environment and one of the things that character one will control is time so Uh. it is Ability to relate. And we all know this part of who we are. It goes to work. It cares where the stapler is. And we put the stapler back where it belongs so that we can Mm -hmm. control our environment. So So it's basically the
0: me, the me... And the survival of me and the flourishing of me in particular context, time, space, everything, right? This is, yeah. I, I'm focused now, on me and I'm focused on progressing me yeah. in the context of the rest of the world, of other people, yeah. of society, family, whatever, right? Is yes. that is that correct?
1: It's linearly. This mm-hmm. happens and that happens and then this happens and then right. I feel safe, Got right? it. Okay. And okay. there's hierarchy and I know where I exist on the hierarchy of all the ladders that I'm climbing, Sure. right? So mm-hmm. that's the structure, and it defines the social norm of right, wrong, good, bad, and mm-hmm. how I'm going to fit myself into that social norm.
0: Got it. Okay, that's good. Helpful.
1: Okay, so that's character one. Character two, and that's left thinking. Character left thinking. two, Yes. Character Excuse two here. is left emotion. So okay. this is also of the past and of the future. There's a linearity of time, and I remember all the pain from my past. Mm -hmm. And I remember the pain from my past because I need to learn from that so that I don't put myself in the same situation so I can protect myself.
0: So I can project, project this to guard my future and to avoid it in the future, correct? Okay.
1: I can learn from it so that I can then use my other parts of my brain to prevent me from setting myself up for the same trauma that I experienced before. Right, okay. So that's going to be, this is all the pain from our past. Deep inside of here is our addiction tissue. So uh-huh. the ability to crave. So if I have a craving then that leads to my addiction, then that's all wrapped up in my past experience of what I want. Mm-hmm. So that's character two.
0: Okay.
1: We go to psychotherapy for 30 years in order to talk about and routinize and work in that trauma and now we know that there are other ways of working with trauma that actually includes pulling ourselves by choice into the other parts of our brain
0: wonderful one not negating. that will save a lot of, a lot of money for people listening right now exactly. five years of therapy yeah
1: and not negating the value of that pain but that pain is a lesson not a lifestyle
0: wonderful Okay, that so character, be- do we, what's character number three? Also emotional, correct?
1: Yes. Character three is the emotional limbic tissue of the present moment so it's really experiential what does it feel like in my body because there's no me the individual in the right hemisphere that's over here in a group of cells in the left hemisphere so the consciousness of the right hemisphere is me as an energy ball in relationship to all the energy all around me and so what is what does the present moment feel like what does it feel like when i dive into the water and the pressure of the water pushes against my body what does that experience feel like what is it uh, this is our adrenaline junkie if i jump off a bridge with a bungee we write the experience so that so that this is the present moment experience of and what it feels like inside of my body so that's character so
0: this, so this is basically me uh i think this uh what when was this yesterday go, walking through the field this spring when we record this in texas and the blue bonnets are in bloom so this is me uh thinking about you know hey i need to still do abc this is on my schedule I need to make sure that this happens and then this other me takes the emotional in the moment the me takes over and goes, my gosh, the blue bonnets are amazing. Let's just let's just savor that. This is like this. It takes over because it's beautiful. It's in the present moment. It doesn't really relate to me personally. It's it's just an experience in the now that takes over. Is that is so that is that what happens? There's like a switchboard that, somewhere that, that that's
1: character four. That's okay. The next one. Because OK, because experience is an active state. I am experiencing something. I'm doing, I am experiencing. So I'm being
0: aware of it. Okay, so that's number four.
1: Number four is the conscious awareness that, oh my God, I'm alive. I am this amazing life force power and I'm in a field and there are these beautiful flowers and aren't I, oh my God, this celebration of existence.
0: So the three then in that moment in the field with the blue bonnets is just the awareness of it. So it's not really, it's Character not really.
1: Awareness. Character four is the awareness. Character three is now I'm rolling in the field.
0: Ah, okay. And now I can see the difference. Okay,
1: I'm actively interacting with it.
0: Sure, 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 okay, I get okay. it well, it's mm-hmm.
1: creative, it's mm-hmm. innovative, it's entrepreneurial mm-hmm. um I can roll down that hill eighteen different ways I don't have to do it the way everybody else does it right yeah, yeah. I, can, I can take a paint uh, 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 uh paints and I can create something completely new without having to color in the box of the left hemisphere because there is no right, wrong, good, bad. So this is the, cre- character three is the creative possibility active part of who I am.
0: Mm-hmm, uh, it's mm-hmm. physical.
1: It's in the body. I'm going to go play sports just because I love the experience of the sport. I'm mm-hmm. going to compete and keep score because of my left brain character one wants to win.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Okay. Good. So
1: good play the sport because my body loves the experience.
0: So it's playful. There's no rationalizing of it at all. It doesn't exactly. keep score. It's just there. It's this playful in the moment.
1: the moment. I'm here. I've got, you know, I'm just free. It's free. Yes, Frito. yes, yes.
0: Okay, perfect. Then, okay.
1: The is that right thinking tissue, which is simply that connection of spirituality. I am in utter awe that I exist at all. Yes. That I'm alive. Oh my God! And there's no judgment, and there's no separation between what I am and what you are. So I am in awe of you, and it is like we now can just be humanity. Wow, wow! Yeah.
0: It f- it feels like we need we need character four to play a more active uh, role yeah. in, in 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 culture and society these days, don't yeah. you think? <laughs>
1: Well, there's, yeah, there's no question. Um, You know, we have been skewed to the left hemisphere. Is that right? As a norm. Why do you
0: think that is? Is this culture? Is it just sort of evolution, survival? Um, Why do you think think we're skewed to the left?
1: Well, I, I think that there's several reasons, but as soon as language became a common, not just a speaking, but as the common person, all of us, the masses began writing And reading, that is a left-brain skill set. And so that became very prominent in our society. And those who could read and write and speak well, they raised, they started climbing the ladder. And so the rest of us are looking at these people going, well, if I get educated and I become an expert in my field and I have mastery of my language, then I can become an expert in my field. And as I become an expert, my house is bigger, my bank account is bigger, I have more toys, society looks at me as a success. And that became the value instead of the value of what i am as a human and that all the possibility and potential is there instead we started competing with one another through the left brain dominance of i want higher you want higher we're going to compete but isn't that
0: isn't that primal biological like just for survival or is it it just brain Mm -hmm. oh got it okay
1: i'm not saying it's a bad thing what i'm We need whole brain living. We need to be balanced between the value of what we are as humanity in relationship to this beautiful planet, because otherwise our materialism and our me, me, me and the greed and all the values of that left brain, if mm-hmm. it is not balanced by the right brain value, then we're going to get screwed, skewed to the left and we're, we're literally going to hurt ourselves as a, as, a, as a species, which is what we're currently doing.
0: Yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense that's great so let's can we run some scenarios for example real life scenarios okay so we know the four characters approximately in broad strokes i think it it takes a little bit of practice to understand that and i think the the scenarios actually help with that so uh let's say yeah let's say this let's say someone has been uh is going through a, a you know a, a a breakup a young person uh she she wants not, doesn't want to be alone. She wants to be with a partner. She wants to get married. She wants to fall in love. She believes uh, in romance, but it hurts a lot, okay? It's recent or maybe a year ago, whatever. How do you practice whole brain living in this scenario?
1: Okay, so character two, I'm not happy. I'm sad. Uh, my future is not shape, taking shape the way I want it to be. Uh, mm-hmm. How attractive am I to any partner? Okay. And what kind of partner am I going to attract if I'm wallow- essentially wallowing in my pain from the past, right? Correct, yes. So, uh, there are some character ones who like to fix everything. That's what character ones do. So a character one might look at a character two and find a character two attractive because they want to save them, right? Ah, so one okay. says, I can come in. I've got money. I've got resources. I can surround you. But there's going to be this hierarchy. Right there's always going to be this hierarchy. So if you're looking for an equal, forget it. You're not going to attract that. It's not going to happen. Gonna yeah, either another person in pain, and you're just going to have a pain, pain, pain relationship, or you're going to attract the character one who wants to come in and fix you and pull you up out of your misery. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, the character three, which is uh, our innovation and our creativity and our openness and our entrepreneurial and possibilities. oh my God, if I allow myself to say, well, that relationship, it fizzled out. Okay, let that go. I'm going to come back to my own joy. I'm going to live in my own present moment with this beautiful character one over here that keeps my life organized, and I'm going to exude when I meet people, well, I'm going to attract a completely different person.
0: Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. Wow.
1: And character threes get together and they play and character threes and character fours are all in the present moment. So they're attracted to one another, but it's not just about you gave me a scenario that turned me in relationship with another, but mm-hmm. it's not about my relationship with the others. It's about the relationship I have as an individual. And, between and, and that was actually
0: and exactly. Three. And that was the question. My question is how do I, yeah. Instead of attracting, um, uh, uh, you know, or uh, being attracted or even attracting somebody who right. really is not going to help me in the long term, right. how do I have this internal dialogue and full brain right. experience to get out of that and, 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 and make choices that are healthy, uh, right. amazing, you know, how, how do I do that internally?
1: Well, the first thing you have to do internally is know who you are. You have right. to know your own four characters. And that means you have to sit down. You have to think about who is my character one. Give her a name. I call mine Helen. My real name's Jill, but I call character one Helen. Helen, short yeah. long meal, She gets it done, right? She's busy. Yeah. And she runs the to-do list and she gets me on the phone and she gets me here on time. She's punctual. And Helen is Helen. And Helen wears earrings. She's the only one of me that does. So who is your character one? Who likes your character one? Uh Who doesn't like your character one? Build the network, draw on a piece of paper, the neural network of your character one. Who is this person? What is this person good at? Interesting. Um, And and, and where does it come out in your life? Do the same for character two. Give your little character two a name. Mm -hmm. Give your character three and four a name. Who likes those? When I have a broken heart, when my puppy died last August, who do I call who Mm -hmm. now there's I'll never call. I don't want to call a character one to fix it. There's no fixing my pain. I need somebody to hold me and be with me. And so I called my character four friends who could come in and love me and just hold this space and say, Oh my gosh, she was such a great little dog. I know your heart. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. and, And so, but, or, and, and something's really important is that two character twos, in relationship, in an argument, will never find resolution. They will oh, never. Oh, absolutely!
0: Find- yeah, so absolutely.
1: Every time you get in a fight, that's your character two, and your little character two. If you're fighting with their character two, notice which of you is man or woman enough to step out of their character two into their one, three, or four.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay, you're so give, uh, on I'll on. give you another scenario. Yeah. Um, okay, somebody who is. Um, ambitious, creative, successful, and we reach that point where we, like, you know, we crave A, B, C, okay, success, status, financial stability, let's say, right? Right. Uh, and and we go, okay, this is when, when I, if I only, I will be happy, right? Right. You get to that place, which is a lot of us go through this sort of cycle. Then you reach the end of the rainbow. You have the bank account, maybe the bigger house, a little bit more stability, respect of your peers. And you go, "Uh uh-oh. I'm empty. I think my relationships uh, are not good. Uh, my team doesn't like me anymore. We used to be great partners in the, in the company that we started, but now we're sort of at odds and it's, uh, things are tense or my spouse, man, I've over-invested in this and my spouse, you know, wants a divorce or whatever. You know, my kids don't like me. Yeah. Uh, and so you get the, to this place of the spark is out, your inspiration wow. is gone. You went on this fuel for let's say 10, 20 years, 15 years. And and you find you yourself in this, in this sort of okay. I'm lost. I lost. Uh, I lack direction. I don't have clarity.
1: Yeah. Well, what do you do? I well that's all character one value. I mean, what you okay. described was we gave all the power to the character one to run our life.
0: Mostly,
1: mm-hmm. character one was running our life. We were not emotionally available to play with our spouse. Well, our spouse may have been attracted to us because they knew that we were going to have a big house and a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. But you know, wanted us, right? right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: they come in and they may be a strong character one to also. And it's like, well, we have achieved plenty. Now we need to play. We need to travel. We need to spend time together. We need to have children. We need to have, be a family. But if I'm just climbing the le- the character one ladder, then mm-hmm. I... Collecting the character threes, and you know, probably my character four, which is my relationship with a higher being, unless I'm just asking my higher being to please give me this deal so I can make more money, right? Right, so, yeah, yeah. So that's how some people pray, it's all with the intention of that character <laughs> one. But ATM I mean,
0: machine I, prayers, yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh.
1: Right. So. So. And then our spouse, who used to be happy and more in their character three and they're running the house with their strong character one, they move into their character, two because they don't have you. They have your money and they but but and they have the responsibility of your family, your kids and your parents, whatever, but they're not happy. And, and so you are the fix-it, character one. And if character mm-hmm. one not come in and fix it, well, character one can't come in and fix it because they don't want the character one as their lover, as their partner, as the, you know, co-parenting. They want a friend. They want mm. an equal. So, so the dynamics, you know, the beauty of this is there's four inside of me. And when I know the four inside of me, and I can use a tool that I call the brain huddle, B-R-A-I-N, to bring all four of my characters into communication with one another so that in the next moment, we, the collective whole of me, consciously chooses how I want to be in the next moment. Yes. But okay, order- so let me,
0: let me give you a, a third scenario, and what I would love for you to explain is how do you practically do the huddle? Right after yeah. the third scenario. Okay, yeah, third scenario. I I'm predicting now. I'm seeing the pattern. So third scenario. I build my life on creativity, on feeling, on wholeness. I'm sort of the you know the the Woodstock person uh, of of the of the bunch. And you and you build you left like that. You go with the flow. Whatever feels right. If it feels right, do it. And you are in this sort of hippie, um, you know, flower child uh, place, which is a really happy place. Uh, not too much pressure, not a lot of financial pressure, and you build around that. You're, you're even sort of adjusting your life to the pre- preference, the thing that you enhance and want to do more of because you feel like you're built that way, right? Um, but then sort of you you reach a time where, you know, you... You're very happy, you don't have a lot of responsibilities, you go with the flow, you enjoy nature, and, uh, you know, your student loan comes in, and they still want your money, for example, you can't be forgiven, or, you know, the sort of the the free-flowing love relationships starts hitting against your desire to actually build a family have responsibility have a structure and uh, and the and the kids that were born now need you know some parenting some other things that are not necessarily inherent to the lifestyle to your preferences so uh, unpack that scenario and then we can switch to the huddle i would love to hear how can you do it in a very practical way in like a daily in your daily life
1: so okay so The description that you gave is, you know, a character three. A character three is a dominant character three. They have rejected, for whatever reason, the character one scenario right yeah. which is also the opposite the first one you gave me was the character one scenario who mm-hmm. completely rejected the character three playful right yeah. Why, yeah. Why, why, yeah i have no life i have no relationship my kids hate me right yeah. so you gave me the two extremes and so in whole brain living so so you're saying like i'm born and i'm born a character three yes and that's what well, you feel
0: right you feel right, like right. you have right. a you have a natural lean for whatever right. reason right but nature nurture.
1: Right. Yeah. But, but the point here is that that's only a quarter of my brain. So uh-huh. that scenario is no different or any better than the character one that comes in and only uses a quarter of their brain. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is that we have a whole brain so it's like okay so i'm born and when we're born you know we're an infant in this hand thing oh oh that's mine there comes this moment in a child's brain when they realize oh that thing is mine and so now i can hit it against things and i can chew on it and i can do things at will with the hand and that's the description you're giving me of your only a character one or a character two three or four okay Correct. yeah. yeah. So- Along the line, an infant realizes I can do this and I can differentiate between the different parts of who I am. And now I have manual dexterity that gives me so much more power in the world. And the same is true for the brain because I'm not just a character three I mm-hmm. have some character one skill sets or my whole life looks like hell. And, and some people are, are like that because for some emotional reason, perhaps somebody came in and said, you know, you're a slob, you're always going to be a slob and you're never going to have any value because you're never going to get anything done. And they're going, okay, right. You know, their little character two says, okay, so that's who I am because we believe all this stuff from the other people. And the influence wow. Wow. of, of People, right. Or or let's take a life scenario and you're in a tra- traumatic environment that says we're going to co- cut are you're not safe. We're going to constrict you. You're never going to be anything. Uh, if you're lucky, you you end up like having a life outside of your trauma. Or you're just going to have a life where you're routinizing on your trauma so what whole brain living does is it gives you your choices well i can't Mm. step into my character three joy if i don't know that part of me i can't just step into my character one if i don't know that part of me so by differentiating these four different parts of who i am gives me then the ability to bring all of those into the present moment and say okay i've been living most of my life as a character three but you no, I do have character one skill sets. And I do that when am I on time? When am I when am I producing or comparing or analyzing or being mechanical? There are when am I being linear? Well, maybe I don't do it very often, but I can train myself now in that skill set and mm-hmm. not not treat it as though it's bad or wrong.
0: Correct. Okay, that's great. It's that's hard. wonderful.
1: I am, yeah.
0: So let's talk about the huddle. Let's talk yeah. about the huddle. It could be uh whatever. I lost my job yesterday and I'm yes. panicking uh yeah. or uh, okay. I just have an anxiety attack, or how do I right. move on from a breakup um, from a divorce
1: okay um, so so every scenario you just gave me gave me a scenario where I'm gonna automatically move into my two yes okay yes. All which right. i well, think
0: I'm- which I think it's what most people feel struggle with because it's so yes. It's it, it, it takes over, right? It takes over.
1: It's in its own weird way, it's delicious. And mm-hmm. yes you know, Yeah. Now let me say this from a neurological perspective that all of that pain, all of that routinizing, all of that, oh this is bad, oh woe is me, is a cellular circuit. And cellular circuits run in ninety second intervals.
0: It, so they do. oh my God,
1: I lost my job oh my god i'm gonna feel horrible and i'm gonna feel less than and i'm gonna feel like oh my god and all my fear and mm-hmm. then i have a physiological response and i'm gonna cry or i'm gonna yell or i'm gonna hit something or whatever my physiological response is from the beginning to oh my god i lost my job to oh my god i want to hit something takes less than 90 seconds
0: Okay, really it we does okay know,
1: Ninety second cycles. Now I can stay in my fear or in my anger or in my whatever for a whole lot longer than that. But what am I doing? I'm rethinking the thought. Oh my God! Now my children won't have new books for school, and and my wife is going to get so mad at me, and da, da 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 da. And then I can stay in this fear forever. And then what do I do? Well, then I turn to drugs or alcohol. And then what does that do? It just like routinizes, right? Routinizes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm paying attention to the fact that i am simply a biological creature and i have these beautiful cells and i have some say in what's going on but let's take your scenario and say okay i'm gonna say okay i lost my job where did i go i personally because i'm well trained in whole brain living thought oh my god one door closes another door opens right right i didn't wallow in the oh my god it was like no the character four is saying, big picture here. One door closes. I didn't like that job anyway. Apparently, I didn't have a good relationship with some of those people. And now it's like new possibility. So then my character three comes in and says, well, you know, I always wanted to start this business. And I always wanted to do this. And I thought, mm-hmm. you know, I'd be really good at graphic design. And I've never tried that. But I do a lot of it at home for fun, right? So right. how do I do my character three joy and fun and the natural skill set and say okay how do i make a living doing that isn't that what entrepreneurialism is mhm
0: mhm so 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 but, but let's roll it back just a little bit you're saying when the wave comes and i think that's that's a very common thing okay how do i handle things where literally my brain my emotions uh, even my body in some sense gets hijacked by this yeah. character too, right? Um, and do I, uh, like my immediate reaction, let's say somebody says something mean to me uh, it, that feels mean like an attack. It might not even be an attack, but it feels that way. Right.
1: Right.
0: Do you, is there a way to, do you just say, hey, 90 seconds, baby?
1: Yeah, I, get- actually, I do. I, I, I decide that I'm going to, well, first of all, most of us don't like pain, right? Pain means run the other direction, get away from it. No, stand in your pain. It won't Mm -hmm. last for a couple of seconds unless you keep routinizing it. But Mm -hmm. observe the fact of, oh, my God, I'm experiencing pain. And as I'm experiencing that emotional pain, now I'm going to observe it instead of simply engage with it. Because uh-huh. it's you know, triggered, right? It's going to trigger. It's going to go. But I can sit in my characters one, three, and four and observe the pain. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I do that, I'm no longer having the pain. I'm observing the pain. And when I observe the pain, after that 90 seconds fulfills itself, it can stop. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Our pain is not going to kill us unless we keep going. So
0: and it. I think part and, of it is, is as you said, <laughs> if you're trained in that – you will more readily, because you're actually rewiring circuitry, to be able to observe, right? That's exactly is, right. Is there, is there any, uh, anything that sort of accelerates that or gets us there quicker, especially if you're new at this, right? You haven't been trained in that. You haven't trained yourself. You haven't right. set up the circuitry. Is there, a, is, is there something that you can do proactively yeah. uh, to be more able to do that? Or even yeah. in the moment, uh, yeah. what, you, what do you do?
1: You gotta know what your choices are. What mm-hmm. are my choices? my choices? I can step into my one. I can stay in my two. I can step into my three. I can step into my four at any moment in time. But I have to know who they are. So right. I have to do the the work of differentiating those different parts so that I know who I am. If I so don't in know. The- who- so
0: and I guess I what you're saying is that if you prepare yourself, if you think it through, you're pre-preparing, you're pre-wiring your circuitry, essentially. Absolutely. That's what you're saying.
1: Well, you're strengthening your you're, you're strengthening your ability
0: mm-hmm. to
1: instantaneously step into whichever of your four characters you right, want. Right,
0: right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. So
1: if I'm being emotionally triggered because oh my god, I just got fired. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have this hit. Right. I got fired. My automatic response now, because I've practiced it so much, is, wow, deep breath, one door closed, a new door open, new possibility. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, the only reason I can do that is because I've trained character four to look at the world that way and to be such a strong part of who I am.
0: Right, right. That's great. And, out, and in my, now that I ask, I had this question, but I think it, what you said explain, answers the question is that, okay, we just des- described the scenario of in the moment being triggered, your sort of your brain, one part of your brain hijacks, creates, you know, a whole cycle of things um, in, in, in your body, experiences, feelings, things like that. Um, and that's, so how do you, it's a, so you're, you're, you're reacting And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the same approach of training, leaning into it, understanding, practicing—right—you you you learn by
1: doing—will
0: help us proactively think a certain way, right? Like we're not being triggered, we're not being fired. But I'm going. You know what? There may be more to life than X, Y, Z.
1: Well, that's why. That's why. Absolutely. You don't. You don't learn how to manage trauma when you're triggered into your trauma. Right. You have to learn because you need to know what are my choices. And again, it's like it's like like the hand. I can use all four of my digits mm-hmm. because they have each been trained and strengthened. So if I'm going to play a musical instrument, if, you know, usually that ring finger is pretty weak, you have to exercise it. Well, maybe that third finger, that index finger then, or your index finger, whatever, is representative in the brain. I have to practice being in my joy as a playful character three. So how do I do that? What am I remotely interested in? What am I remotely good at? What do my pals want to do? Do we play basketball? Do we kick soccer ball? Do we go swim? What do we do? Do we just go? And then and then how do I practice my own character four? How do I find my own peace? What does it feel like when I stand on the beach and I look out over the sunset and I see this glorious big golden ball sharing its golden energy energy with me and all the colors of the sunset and I just say wow oh my god I'm a part of that and it's a part of me or I stand on the top of a mountain and I look out and it's like wow look at the glorious expansiveness of what I am and what life is practice these things let them be a healthy part of who you are so that in an instant your boss can say to you you're fired and you think oh my God, go to the mountaintop. And I go to the mountaintop and my whole soul relaxes in possibility and the, oh my God, there's change in my life and change is the only thing that's predictable. And here's an opportunity. Here's a real change. And it's like, what am I going to do with this?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also proactively you can go, you know what? I've always dreamt of Starting a new company, or writing this book, or, uh, or 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 developing this new skill, and your your second sort of personality goes, "Yeah, you've never done this. Is not a good idea. You're too old for this." Yeah. And it, you know, people, you're going to be ridiculous. You know, people are going to make fun of you. Yeah. You're going to lose status and respect. And then yeah. you can probably bring in then the the three and the four and going, "Yeah, but it will be fun." And yeah. actually, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. New possibilities.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Have
1: more time for those things, right?
0: Absolutely. That's great. That's wonderful. Well, this this is so 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 amazing, and uh, once again, thank you for doing this. Can you tell us? I know that you can. Uh, clearly from this episode you can see this can change your life right if you learn if you develop those skills if you train yourself uh, this can change tremendous thing and this is a perfect obviously interview for headspace which is a whole you know the whole topic of the podcast and well, youtube channel um can you tell us how we can learn from you i you told me offline that you actually developed some courses and i'm very very curious about that
1: yeah, I've, uh, I've had so much, really, such a positive response uh, to Whole Brain Living that I'm going to run uh, some courses this summer. I'm going to run courses for uh, individuals, uh, an individual group, which is anybody. Uh, and then I'm going to run another course that is specifically for educators and parents, so that okay. the school systems within the village within which our kids are reared. So, if you're an educator, if you're interested in in more about this, um, I'd say the easiest way to contact me is is through my email, Dr. Jill D R J I L L at drjilltaylor.com. Maybe okay. you could post that on your I will, on, yeah,
0: I'll, on the show notes. Yes, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and that way, then just contact me and say I'm interested and then I'll put you on the list and then you'll get all the information about how to register. It's gonna be four 75 minute sessions with me. I'm gonna run up probably a couple of these this summer and, um, and then I'm gonna hire other people to do that because I'm a pig pen character three and I wanna go play.
0: <laughs>
1: I mean, so I'm going to show up as a character, one Helen, so that I can share this in a healthy way with others. Uh, but if you want to be with me live, then that's, that's this summer is going to probably be the best way to do that.
0: Okay, so if you're an individual, what are what my what are our options here?
1: So, if, well, if you're an individual, uh, we're gonna I'm gonna have so this is why I've started the courses. Is I've had so many people come to me, and someone says. I work with judges. Judges have a very high rate of suicide and their well-being. So really Whole Brain Living is about helping people find their own peace and it helps their own well-being. So I'm working with someone who's working with judges. I'm working with an attorney who's working with attorneys. I'm working with a hospice caregiver who's working with hospice caregivers. Because I'm like a big neuron. I'm the central hub, but it's really about how do I empower how are you to know your own four characters, and that's level one. And then level two will be if you want to get certified in Whole Brain Living to bring it to your group. Then there will be a certification program for people to be able to do that. So I'm just starting up. It's very exciting, and uh, this summer will be where uh, you know where we go. Whole Brain Living.
0: That's wonderful. Well, thank you. We'll put um, as many of those notes and links on the show notes, and uh, and and thank you for. Not only being uh, such a light for so many years, but now, I mean, I'm particularly grateful for, you, for the fact that you actually stepped out of the play and, and, and embraced character one for a little bit so we can benefit as many people as possible and equip them to, to actually be trained and train themselves uh, for full human flourishing. It's, it's really remarkable.
1: Thank you. You know, I feel like that's what I'm here for. I feel very blessed that the whole stroke experience happened. Um, And the TED Talk was uh, a big success. It was the first TED Talk to ever go viral on the Internet. Mm -hmm. Yes, I remember. But it missed. It gave people a sense of reverence for me, but not for themselves. And that Uh, was was for me because I wanted people to revere their own ability and hope Whole brain living is now the answer to that. So that's why I, I Helen did come online. She got the job done. Uh, the work is now available. And
0: doing
1: <laughs> that, but Pig Ben really wants to go and play and be with God.
0: <laughs> well, that's wonderful. You've been an absolutely delightful guest. I really, really appreciate your coming on and taking the time. Thank
1: you, Thank you for everything you're doing to help people. I really, really appreciate it and I appreciate the invitation.